0: you're listening to the Straight from the Hip podcast with Courtney, where we're sipping on life, relationships, social media randomness, the future of work, and pop culture in a digital world. I'm your host, Courtney Jones, and thank you for joining me for Coffee and Convos. We've got planes falling from the sky, college admission scams, and everyone's litigious. There's a lot to be said about company culture, creating a social impact, and the art of developing your personal brand in the digital and online space. And I'm sure there are plenty of talking heads that have said it in a myriad of ways. In today's show, I'm adding a little seasoning to the melting pot from an emotional intelligence and hopefully common sense point of view around the subject of creating a social impact in a meaningful and uplifting way and the self-awareness that it actually entails. Good morning Feisty Kittens. How you doing? Today is Tuesday, March 19th and uh, it's been a doozy. I tell you, it's been some March madness, hasn't it? It's Like I've been away for a while. Life was calling, and you might notice I have a little hoarseness to my voice today, um, getting over or actually um, fighting the beginnings of a cold. Um, uh, sipping a little Theraflu in my cup this morning instead of my regular Java, and uh, perusing the headlines. Like it's been crazy, isn't that crazy? It's like as soon as I wander away for a while, look at how it just it just goes crazy in the in the world. It's like can you can you believe it? It's like I'm looking at the headlines. Some of the biggest things that I've been looking at you know if it's in the news I've got a view and um, I tell you I'm like seeing from all perspectives this week I've been I think we've kind of been forced to see from a lot of different perspectives over the past couple of weeks um, all kinds of scandals in the news so um, I'm just thinking about a little bit you know I'm I'm always talking about building your personal brand so we're seeing some examples of some really extreme branding um, all across the world all across the 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 internet sphere and pop culture has been taking a dive too. I know you've uh, um, heard all about the college admissions scandal. And I'll be uh, talking a little bit about that um, as well today. But one of the things that jumped out today as I was on Twitter... I'm looking at this uh, Devin Nunes, who is a Republican senator from uh, California. And um, he's like a little feisty. He's very upset with Twitter. He's actually suing Twitter. And um, get this, because he does not like that Twitter allows people to say mean things about him. And apparently to him on Twitter. So, you know, with the Twitter sphere, um, there's been, I mean, for years, it's, it's part of that free speech thing that we always talk about and that most people try to um, really protect but I guess it's not always when it's you that's being attacked on Twitter I guess you're not always as uh, welcoming and uh, warm towards it and so I just I was talking with some friends and you know there are people who think that you know oh it's just a publicity stunt and it's like I know I've actually been I won't say a victim but I have experienced like the hostility of uh, Twitter Um, it seems that the freaks come out at night and they also come out on Twitter so it's like but I just feel like it's it's part of what social media is I think that sometimes um, socially things that people wouldn't come out and say like to your face they have no problem typing in like those uh, characters on Twitter. It's one of the things that makes me miss that 100 or 140 characters or less because people had to um, be really creative with their vileness. It's not as hard anymore since um, there's these unlimited characters. But I um, experienced um, just a couple of weeks ago You'll probably remember I was talking about the Jesse Smollett um, incident, which has really escalated. And um, if you remember, he said that he was attacked in Chicago, that it was um, a racist attack, that some people in MAGA hats had attacked him. And he's now subsequently, like a couple of weeks later, he's been arrested. Um, he's been charged with actually like creating a false report. They gave him like 19 and like 19 um, counts of like of fraud and, and lying, and so it just really escalated and during the time that I was talking about it and I made some comments that maybe people saw as insensitive and I mean I just got ripped a new one on Twitter like I had a guy who like came at me sideways and actually used the flipping the birdie emoji yes I never experienced that before, so it can't, I mean, you know, Twitter can be a rough place if you don't have a thin, I mean, if you don't have a thick skin, so, and I always tell people it's one of my favorite um, platforms for social media, and I tell people all the time, like, if you can't handle the the heat, then you definitely have to get out of the kitchen of Twitter, because I think sometimes people on Twitter can be just as aggressive as Facebook, and like I said, especially now, since there's no limit on the uh, character amount, so... Devin was a little upset and so he took it a little bit further than the average person does most people though like you see like remember Leslie Jones from Ghostbusters like people were so hostile that um, she was playing in the movie she got like some really nasty comments and she just kind of disappeared for a while and then she decided you know I'm not going to let people who don't like me stop me from um, connecting with others and being on Twitter so she came back and so there's lots of people that'll disappear for a while they'll come back Devin Nunes no he says he can't be stopped so he would rather Twitter stop the people that are harassing him so what he's done is he's actually uh, done a lawsuit against Twitter and apparently some of those people of the um, that were uh, actually attacking him on Twitter as well so we'll see how that turns out for me personally I just think that I mean, it comes with the territory. It's like um, you used to would assume that even just a couple of years ago on Twitter, it was kind of like, well, people are going to say stuff on here that they wouldn't say out loud, you know, to you if they saw you. Um, It seems like now like the the, like it's boiling, like even out on the streets. Now you'll see things in the news where people are not just keeping it on social media, like they're attacking people in person. They're yelling vile things at people. um just we witnessed just over this past weekend an incredibly just it just left me stuck like um in New Zealand this crazy some white supremacist um like with it, it's, you can see the paranoia in these people when they start being afraid that um people that don't look and act like them are coming to take over so this guy like actually killed 50 people in a mosque in new zealand which is one of the most horrific things that i can think of and i'm seeing it more and more like here in the states um You know, we we always have our, like, the differences. And we've seen more and more incidents of, like, blatant racism where people are, they're coming with these crazy antiquated ideas from, like, the 50s and the 40s. And it's, it's very much boils down to this, well, if they don't look and act like me, they must be wrong. And it's like, that's just a terrible way to walk through the world. It's like, I just always, I mean, and I talk a lot about, like, diversity and inclusion. You know how I am. That's what I do. And it's like, and especially in this great big melting pot that is the internet. It's like, because we're pulling our pop culture, we pull like our our day-to-day lives from the internet. So for me, I've always... Um looked at diversity as something that is awesome because the curiosity factor for me has always been one thing with diversity. I'm always interested in people that are different from me. It's like, ooh, well what do you do? Well how do you do that? Ooh that smells yummy. How did you cook that? So I've never been afraid of diversity. And so it's disheartening to see people who literally are like so shook by people being different than them that they want to hurt them. Like that is it's it's a it's a foreign concept to me and it's unfortunate that it seems to be getting more and more fire so that um just just terrible. Like, my heart goes out to not only the people who um, experienced this and the family members that had to deal with this crisis, but also all of us who had to witness it. They said the video was passed all around, like, on the Internet. Not something that I want to see. And it's like, so I just kind of, my heart goes out to everyone that we're forced to deal with such vile and, and horrific um, perspectives that come from people who... Um, maybe just aren't that comfortable in who they are, that they need to hurt others that are different. So, and I'll I'll leave that alone. You guys know how I am, feisty kittens. And I don't want to get feisty today because I only have one nostril working. It's like I'm clogged up, got a really bad cold. So, um, it's like, yeah, but I just felt there was so much jumping out today in the headlines and over the past week that um, I just wanted to speak on that just a little bit. And then you know how I am. Um, I have a lot, to, even just with the the scandal with the college admissions. And I just think, like, back last October, um, b- before the holidays last year, and to one of the most disheartening things that, um, most disheartening conversations that I've ever had, especially as a parent. I have two adult sons, but I, my youngest son is actually in college right now. And um, to just, I had a conversation conversation with him before the holidays and he needed me to do a loan for him and because he's trying, he's in school and it's like, you know, I just, we can't afford to do that and so he's now working like two full-time jobs, he's doing work-study and so it just it crushed me at first, and then the anger kind of set in when I started reading about this um, this college scandal. And parents who had the money, who paid exorbitant sums to get their kids into school. And so we know about, like, with the wealthy, the legacy um, kind of... Um, way that they get kids in whether it's donating to a school or having a building in your family's name or you know there's always been these legacy ways that wealthy people have been able to get their children into school and so to have these parents go to such lengths where they literally cross the line into criminality it does make you kind of stop and think and so like I said today I'm I just, um, my thing to, it's just really wondering, like, what is the impact that you're willing to make socially? And it's like, and so with these parents, it was like, by any means necessary. Like, they took the whole Malcolm X, like, to way too extremes so It's like, by any means, my kids are getting in. And it's like, so you get angry that. They were able to kind of skirt the system like that, and a system that already seems so broken. If you've had a kid that's gone through school, or that is trying, to, you're trying to get him in. Like it's competitive, it's crazy, it's nerve wracking. So to think that these parents were like, you know, I'm just going to skirt the line, and my kid's going to go to the front of the line, whether they actually deserve to be there or not, is it's disheartening. And I think that the saddest part is that it says a lot about not only these parents and their control freak um, tendencies in wanting to, like, steer the boat for their children and their children's future. But it also says a lot about the faith and the confidence that you have in your kid. It's like, you know, you you, want to believe that as a parent that you can do everything that's possible to give your kids the best lives possible but there does come a time when you have to trust that what you've instilled in them up until this point or before they get ready to leave home that that is enough and that they can take it from there that you've given them the tools or the 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 perspectives and and the shoring up that they need to go out into the world and it's unfortunate that these parents did not feel that or they did not see that and so that for me I think was just the most miserable part because just think how those kids feel. Think about the the, because they say a lot of these kids did not know about um, what their parents had done, the hoops that they had drawn, not even jumped over, like literally the lines that they had cut to get these kids in school and so I think that that's got to be really devastating for these students to find out that yeah you're not necessarily there on your own merit and it's like so that's kind of soul crushing I would think for especially if you're a new college student you're out there on your own trying to figure things out and it does kind of drive home the point that your parents just didn't have the faith in you that you thought that they did so I don't know I don't know what impact that'll make not only socially but psychologically and emotionally on those students so we'll see one of the things that I found uh just really interesting is um, Not only in all these... uh, With the students themselves and the parents. But there was also an investor who uh, talked about... There was an investor who was one of the people... Because I know a lot of the focus has been on the actresses. Lori Laughlin and uh, Felicity Huffman. It's like a lot of the a lot of the focus has been on them and oh what terrible women they are like I see they've been attacked by other like actors and uh, people like and and like kind of got ripped uh, one of the comments that I saw about Lori Laughlin, like they were so nasty about you know what she's willing to do but I think we've overlooked that there were a lot of business people a lot of CEOs that um, were also complicit in this and one of those like really stood out to me because this is somebody who really pushes not only for making a social impact, but also, you know, um, as actually, like, a his name is Bill McGlashan, I think his name is. And this guy is, like, the CEO of TPG Growth. He uh, does the Rise Venture Fund. So these are people who, and their whole venture fund is investing in companies that are making a social impact. He pushes, you know, like, he's kind of been the poster boy in Silicon Valley for conscious investment and making a good social impact. And those are the type of companies that they invest in. And so it kind of makes you wonder. It's like, so where did you lose your ethics in all of this when um you're you're cutting the line you're paying money to get people to like um get your kid into school to get him on like a, the rowing team when he's not actually on it it's like so where does the ethics is like is that line of ethics only when it's below you and when it's with from people who need something from you or it's the or is it the way that you move throughout the day and throughout the world every day and it's Like, so I think that's one of the things that's questionable. Um, I was talking to someone who just, and I was thinking about that. I'd been doing, um, some contract work, throwing my resume out there, talking to a lot of people, and one of the things that I see a lot, um, one of my friends was talking about, when you go for a job, like the first thing they want to do is do a background check on you, and they want to, and it's like, and I'm telling you, background checks only show what people used to be, but it says nothing about their ethics, and I wonder how many of these CEOs, um, there was like some investment bankers, there's a CEO of like a media company, how many of these CEOs could pass their own background checks and it should it's like and as opposed to a background check should it be an ethics check you know it makes you wonder and it's like and that's unfortunate but um so we'll see uh, like how that turns out but I don't know it's like making your social impact is not just how you appear to the public and I, I stress that so much with my clients and with people that I work with your personal brand is who you be Now, it's different when it's a company and how that company operates, but a lot of times company culture, there's not a lot of self-awareness there as well. So a company might think that they are um, so open-minded and they see from other perspectives. Then when you look at their numbers, you realize that they're not as diverse as they believe that they are, that they're not as socially aware as they believe that they are. And it's even more important when it's your personal brand because you can move from company to company, but your personal brand is who you be all day, every day. It's the way you carry yourself. It's the way that you communicate. It's your your personal level of ethics and moral standing, and that has nothing to do with your community groups or your religion or the church that you attend. It's very much in how you carry yourself on the day to day. And so I think that that's something that a lot of times people forget it's like we're so focused on the outside and I think maybe a lot of that is social media and you know us we want to score high um we and we want to be seen as um, a certain way but a lot of times there's a gap in between how we present our brand and um, and the way that we're actually living it